In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. During these difficult days, I pray to God that He may grant all of us His peace, which surpasses all understanding. And I like to read some verses from Revelation chapter 3, verse 17. This is the message to the church of Laodicea. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are rich, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. I believe that these verses describe the situation of the whole world right now. The world actually believes they are rich and they do not need God. They are rich by their resources. They are rich by their science. They are rich by their power. They are rich by their technology. So why do we need God? That's why actually there is a state of rebellion against God in everything. Atheism, agnosticism, and all these movements against God add to it homosexuality, same-sex marriage, transgenderism, uh, abortion, uh, suicide. So you can see there is a power against life working in the world. God is life. And anything against life is against God. Because God said, I am the life. And we say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And do not and God, but, but God tells us, you do not know that you are rich, miserable, poor, and blind. Literally, we kicked God outside our life. God does not exist anymore. Uh, try to find, for example, a card for Jesus Christ during Christmas time. It's very difficult. Now we don't say it Christmas. We don't say Merry Christmas. We say Happy Holidays. So we remove the Ten Commandments from the courts. We stop the praying in schools. All these things actually, we kick the God. But God actually, in His love, He did not leave us. But He is still standing at the door. We kicked Him and we shut the door in front of his face. We said, we don't believe in you, we don't want you, 
stay away from us, you did, you did not exist. So, God, in his love and in his compassion, he said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. So God is still standing at the door waiting for us to open to him that he may enter. That's why this grace that was restraining from us plagues, restraining from us famine, restraining from us sword, this grace is taken away simply because we kicked God outside our life, outside the world. So the grace of God does not exist. That's why now we suffer from this pandemic. It is the first time in the history of the world that something like this affect the whole world, the whole world. And this small virus that we cannot see it with our own eyes. Actually, we, until now, we cannot defeat it either by our science, technology, power, money, nothing. Simply because the grace of God does not exist in the world anymore. We kick the God outside our life. This happened actually in the Old Testament and in the time of Jewel. Uh, and God actually warned the people, if you kicked me outside your life, you actually uh, suffer. Suffer not because God actually is implementing suffering on us, but just because we kicked him outside our life. So people were suffering, were suffering from the uh, locusts and from the army of Assyrian. Uh, so there is warning here, warning here to the people if uh, they keep God outside their life. We can read from Joel chapter 2 verse 1, blows a trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. And then from verse 2 to verse uh, 11, explain the day of the Lord. One of the explanation, it is in verse 3, a fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Surely nothing shall escape them. I think this reflects the situation. We had a very, very good economy. The world was in, in, in a state of revival. But now, after this uh, virus, actually, these gardens will be wilderness. Uh, we are expecting a huge recession. Uh, so actually God instructed us and, and warned us. But God doesn't leave us without solution. In verse 12 he says, Now therefore says the Lord, 
turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. So the solution is in fasting, in prayer, in repentance, in returning to God, in opening the door to God to enter into our life once more. Uh, And there is a promise here. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Definitely he will, as he did with the Ninevites when they repented and returned back to him. So now it is a a time for holy assembly, as he said, blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call for a, a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babes, let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. It is a time actually to gather and pray and celebrate liturgies and and, and cry to God. There is no contradiction. Yes, we can keep all the precautions and the social distancing. uh, distance. Uh, We can keep all of this, Uh, but at the same time, it's time for prayer. It's time to return for God. It's time to uh, call a sacred assembly. It's time for us clergy, as we read in verse 17, let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them spare your people. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach, that the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Then, the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. That is time for us, clergy and all the people, to pray and cry to God and to ask the compassion, to tell him, God have compassion upon us. Hear us, bless us, help us, take away your anger from us and forgive us our sins. It's time to say, Lord, Remember, O Lord, our assemblies, bless them. Grant that they may be to us without obstacle or hindrance, that we may hold them according to your holy and blessed will. This is the time. Then, God actually, when we return to him, when we open the door to him, invite him back in our life, then the Lord will answer and say to his people, verse 19, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. Then this sorrow, this difficult time, will turn into a joy. As we read in verse 21, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. Do not be afraid, you beast of the field, for the open pastures are springing up, and the tree be- bears its fruit. 
the fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first months. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. And all this famine will go away, all this recession will go away, as we read in verse 26, You shall eat in plenty, be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. And then we will be filled with the grace again, with the Holy Spirit again, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also on my men servants on me and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in these in those days. These are the promises of God when we return back to Him, when actually we open the doors again and invite Him in our life. He promised us be anxious over nothing, but in everything through prayer, supplication and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your heart and mind in Jesus Christ. May the Lord grant all of us his peace. May the Lord help all of us to uh, turn to him faithfully, wholeheartedly, and then actually we will enjoy his presence among us and he will bless us with every spiritual blessings. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.